I think I've always used character. I've now just decided to put it front and centre stage and focus on it. We also gave our services for free to the CEO of an NGO, a social enterprise. I mentored the CEO of a prison, a state secondary school. And I got just as much joy as I did helping a FTSE 100 CEO. I think it's terribly important to insist on individual values. Learning Culture Podcast. Initiative, creation, all these things which we value. It's now possible to make organizations on a larger scale than it was ever possible before. Learning Culture Podcast. Teach people to analyze the kind of things that are said to them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Learning Culture Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Barry. This is a show about creating cultures of continuous learning inside companies. And joining me this week is David C.M. Carter. David is known as the world's leading CEO mentor. From his time running one of the world's leading CEO mentoring companies, which he exited a few years ago, he has built a reputation as someone who first took a small, you know, FTSE 5000 company or Fortune 5000 for Americans to IPO, but then built his reputation helping other CEOs take much larger companies, public and beyond. So this conversation was very far reaching and resonated deeply with the stuff that I think about all the time. We ended up deciding to release this as two episodes. In the first episode, the one you're about to hear, you're going to hear David explaining what it was like setting up the world's leading CEO mentoring company. And you're going to learn how to set up a great mentor relationship. You're going to learn about why choosing your partner is so important and how to go about that. You're going to learn about why starting with deep holistic work I'm so glad that he mentions this as well, because this is something we do a lot of. And finally, you're going to learn about accountability. And those three ingredients combine to really make him, again, one of the world's leading CEO mentors during his time running this company. So I think you'll get a lot of value out of this episode on the topic of mentorship, which really, as David describes at the beginning, is different from coaching in the sense that the mentor has some domain experience in the thing that they're doing the mentoring in. Right. And that's kind of the difference here. So I, I see this being very applicable in sales enablement and in lots of manager to individual contributor relationships, because in most cases, that person, that senior person is the one that has the experience and really can be the mentor for the new hires, for the new individual contributors that are coming through. So this is a really, really great episode. If you want to learn more about how mentoring works from one of the world's best CEO mentors. So with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy my episode with David Carter. David, welcome to the show. Hello there. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I am I'm very ex excited for this conversation. So um, I'd like to get started at the beginning somewhat. Um, and it's really the, the legacy. You've left a number of legacies, I think, and, and you're currently building one right now. Um, but the one you're perhaps best known for is as the world's leading CEO mentor. And it, it, the topic of mentorship comes up, obviously, all the time. As you know, um, here in the US, where I'm based, it's 
you know, a big question mark around how mentorship differs from coaching. Coaching is a big thing that a lot of companies are trying to to get right. Um, so I'd love to start there around mentorship and just first of all, here, how do you define mentorship? What did you do for these CEOs? Oh gosh, that's such a boring old question. What's the difference in geomentoring? <laughs> it is uh, right. Uh, I've probably been asked that question a thousand times, um, and I, I can only give you my answer to the question. It's not the answer. Yeah. Um, I think mentoring to me is where someone with experience of something that someone else is themselves experiencing mm-hmm. can talk um, about the subject that the mentee is interested in, in a knowledgeable way where they can put themselves in the position over the shoes of the mentee. And so, you know, I, I could coach, uh, Britain's leading brain surgeon, but I couldn't mentor him. And, you know, my niche of mentoring was very, very niche. Um, the firm that eventually became the world's leading chief executive mentoring company, we Mm. only hired former CEOs and every client of the company was themselves a current CEO. Mm -hmm. And so it was very niche. It was for CEOs by CEOs. It was, and so I, I couldn't have mentored a brain surgeon or I couldn't have mentored a heart surgeon or a lots of other people because I would had the knowledge of it. Whereas we had, you know, a whole bunch of amazing CEOs with great stories and careers who were going through and could relate to the problems that our CEO clients were going through. Mm-hmm. But there's a twist to that though, which I think we'll come on later to, um, you know, one of my clients was, and this was towards the end of my career, because when I started, I was working with smaller businesses and they got, they got bigger bigger over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I, I, I still laugh about this, but you know, at our peak, we had 68 mentors around the world when I exited the business. And I was the only one who hadn't gone to university, didn't have an MBA, and hadn't run the equivalent of a Fortune 100 or FTSE 100 company. Mm-hmm. I was charged out as, at, at twice as much as any of the other mentors because I was supposedly pretty good at what I was doing. But actually, <clears throat> we'll come on to this, I'm sure, in our conversation, but if you're mentoring the CEO of the world's biggest platinum mining company with 98,000 employees mm-hmm. and every consultant in the world who's an expert in platinum and platinum mining at your disposal on your speed dial, you don't need a mentor to come in and help you with mining platinum. Mm-hmm. What you need a mentor to do to help you build a high-performance C-suite team, to build a high-performance organization, to deal with a chairman you don't get on with, to think about how you reorganize the team to you know, get better productivity and outcomes. And... I was doing it unconsciously at the time, but the way I always did that was through developing their character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of my earlier career, 
you know, I, I didn't ever end up running a FTSE 100 company, but actually I I had taken a startup um, and, 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 and taken it public. It was a mm-hmm. tiny company. We might have been in the equivalent of the FTSE 5000, but not in the top 50. Right. Um, but I'd actually gone from a startup through to an IPO. And, and so I understood what, being a public company CEO was all about or taking a company public, even though the numbers were slightly different. Mm-hmm. So so it, we did only mentor people who we could relate to and who could we you know could empathize with yeah. and understand what they were getting through. But actually, the, it, it's now a conscious competence but all those years ago, it was an unconscious confidence. I, I yeah. kept saying, well, you know, which of these character qualities do you think you need to dial up to solve your relationship with your chairman or whatever the problem was? Yeah. Oh, I probably need a bit more this and a bit more that. And what would the benefits be if you were? And and so mm-hmm. I think I've always used character. Yeah, I've now just decided to put it front and center stage and focus on it because I really, truly believe, you know, whether it was mentoring a CEO you know, one of the other things that uh, a lot of people don't know about me and that business is that for every super expensive fee-paying C-suite client we had, we also gave our services for free to the CEO of a NGO, a social enterprise, mm-hmm. profit. Mm-hmm. I mentored the CEO of a prison, a secondary state secondary school, and I got just as much joy helping them as I did helping a FTSE 100 CEO. And I think the thing that jumps out for me there is that you, in your own experience with a FTSE 5000 company, you understood the breadth of problems that uh, that people faced doing that, um, that you faced doing that. Um, and you were able to b- boil them down to characters, to principles, essentially, and then apply them, the magnitude of the problems changed as you're working with FTSE 50 companies, but it's the same principles and the same characters. The numbers turned into telephone numbers, but the problem was right. still the... <laughs> right. And, and also, also by the way, uh, when, you, <clears throat> when you take a fiddly, tiny little company public, uh, you have to look at the legal documents, the compliance documents... Yourself. The... Yeah. yourself and understand them and sign off on them right whereas if you get to be the ceo of a FTSE 100 company you have chief legal counsel cfo head of compliance and, and they're all experts and so actually i'd ask ceos questions and they're like oh i don't know i need to get hold of my chief compliance yeah. officer or a chief legal rather you know whereas actually when you float a tiny company you you have to touch all of those things. So you really do get to understand how, how the whole thing works. Yeah. A lot better at a small company than a big company. Yeah. And then this is something that endlessly fascinates me, the, the how the breadth of our prior experience serves us going forward. And like you said, it's a unconscious competence at the beginning. You've, in your the 40 years or whatever you've been doing this, have made that a conscious competence. And we'll talk more about that. I think that's showing up more, consciously in your in your current company um but i want to just just to to kind of bottom line this and this was really the gist of my initial question was to really understand the nature of the work that you were doing that sort of solidified this reputation how would you describe like a typical like 
what support were you providing? Like, what did it look like? You met once a month, you met every week. Um, you know, how, how did that look like in terms of mentorship? There's quite a lot um, to unpack. So first of all, um, when we took on a new client, the the country manager, you know, which in the UK initially was me, but then not me later on, they would meet with the prospective client, spend some time understanding what it was they wanted to achieve, what success looked like, what they thought, you know, the outcomes in a year's time would be that they could renew. Um, and they would do a, what we called a casting session, which is they'd then go and think, right, well, which of my eight mentors in the team in the UK would be the right fit? And then mm -hmm. they'd have to have a chemistry meeting and make sure that it was the right fit. And, you know, that was always... So first of all, I've always said I have chosen my mentees very, very carefully. And, you know, you can't mentor everybody. You can... Mm -hmm. They've got to be the right chemistry and the right skill set against their need set. And so there was quite a lot of evaluation done before we even did that matching. And then we did something which American Co., the company I founded, which I exited 10, 12 years ago now, is still going strong around the world. Uh -huh. And um, and I'm pretty sure they still do this. Um, but every new client that I've ever worked with in the last 20 years when we start work together, I take them away for a three-day retreat. Mm. And it starts at lunchtime on day one and it finishes at lunchtime on day three. And I can't think of a client over the years who hasn't said to me, three days? What on earth <laughs> we spend two days, three days, two, two days talking about? And right. they're like, you. you. And... Uh, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, to find that amount of time in my diary. And it's like, well, you don't yeah. do the routine. You don't become a client. Right. And so anyway, and then at the end of the retreat, they're like, oh, my God, I could have carried on for another day. Yeah. And so we had a very, very, very rigorous process. And during those three days, uh, yeah, three days, two, two days were over three days, um, there were three external interventions. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about this in my book, the three J's, Joan, mm -hmm. Joy, and Jenny. Mm -hmm. and, and the first thing we did was literally the first thing after pleasantries, a fellow would like a cup of coffee and let's go sit over there, um, mm -hmm. was we spent two hours unpacking a very, very comprehensive character-based 360 that we'd done on them. Mm -hmm. uh, often with 20, 30 respondents who were their direct reports, their board members, their C-suite team. And so right from the get-go, it's like, okay, well, let's not talk about you and how you see yourself. Let's start off with how everybody else sees you. Yeah. And so that was the first, you know, half a day. Yeah. And um, I won't go into it, but the second half of the day was was all based on traditional Chinese medicine, but we looked at the type of physical body and uh -huh. physical health uh, that the person had and whether yeah. that was... Uh, uh, and then... 
the third session on and the final session, which was literally wow. sorry, my dog <laughs> That's fine, we got an yeah. extra guest. That's all good. <laughs> um that, the last thing we did was with someone in Australia. Uh-huh. Uh, and well, and Joan was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joy, well, Joy was in Oxford, but um, we did a holographic repatterning session, <laughs> which nice. was which was to help the person get rid of the limiting beliefs that they've got stored in their system. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm not being very your very kind and generous introduction. You know, the world's leading CEO mentor. I, I've never described myself as that, <clears throat> but other people have described me as that, and. A quick funny story, but uh, several years ago, I was actually asked on a BBC interview, you know, David, are you really the world's leading CEO mentor? Uh I stole a line from Richard Branson, and I said, well, it's a bit embarrassing, you know, when people say that, and I don't really know if I am or not, but but I'm certainly in the top one. (laughs) Anyway, the shoe fits. (laughs) Anyway, so we finished off with this holographic rebut. Now, I can tell you, out of a hundred CEOs, top top CEOs from around the world that I've mentored over the years, if I'd told any of them in advance what we were yeah. going to do three days, they wouldn't have showed up. Yeah, I laughed at you or questioned it. But yeah. I didn't have one client, literally in eleven years after we started that retreat program, who didn't have more sessions with Jenny or follow up sessions with Joan or Joy. Mm-hmm. And they all said, this has been the greatest gift I've ever had. Yeah. And so we did something very differently to anybody else. It was yeah. former CEOs, you know, with current CEOs. We did the matching very carefully. And, and it goes back to the point I was making on uh, about Anglo Platinum. But... Mm-hmm. um you know, what could I ever mentor him to do with mining coal mm. or gold platinum? Uh, you know, yeah. I couldn't. He had the world's biggest experts surrounding him. Yeah. But the challenges and issues that I did help him with were things that he and I could relate as CEOs. It was all yeah. about developing performance X Factor for his team, creating a high-performance culture, and and all of those other things, which was all about his behaviors and how he showed up, yeah. most of which I got the information from the 360. Yeah, yeah. So, so much of, okay, I have a question for you, first of all. How many people said, or in your experience, did this feel like therapy? People have used words like it's been a very healing experience. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. Transformative. No, I don't think people ever used me. Actually, most people were very humbled at the end of those two or three yeah. days. Like, yeah. I feel I've been very nicely and politely undressed. Yeah. And <laughs> had myself shown to me. Yeah. And I see where I'm a bit overweight and I need to do some yeah. work on myself. Yeah. But you've done it very gently. You've done it in a very thoughtful and caring way. And yeah. so you delivered all of this in a way that I'm now excited about working on and embracing and a growth path. Yeah. And, and you didn't do it in a way, and this, this is therapy to me, like I, in, in my interpretation of it, my experience of it, it's that, because uh, another characteristic is how, um, you probably didn't tell people 
these things. They came to those realizations themselves, right? Through these interventions that you were able to, to, to put them through. Um, I'd, I'd love to say yes to that, but I'd be fibbing. <laughs> <laughs> really? I think sometimes because of the average person's capability in these things, uh-huh. and they're like, oh, oh, that was great. That was great. Oh, what was great? What was great about it? And you actually had to end up saying, no, actually, really, what happened is this. Yeah, you know, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And and so I'd love to say that it was all the realization, the self-directed learning, or whatever. But, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you needed to, you know, elbow them off the edge of the cliff for them to get wet. You know, over time, you, you, you might end up saying to them, ah, this is a bit like that conversation we had in Scotland about right. this, isn't it? So how does how can we relate what we learn then to now? Yeah, but even yeah. then, it, it needed me to remind them of the conversation in Scotland. That, oh yes, of course, it was all about this. Yeah, we well, are yeah. right. I need to apply that this time. Well, and that's that's another value of a mentor, right? They make the implicit explicit, right? That's what you were doing constantly for these people. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page. I think we're talking about the same thing. It's a an incredibly, I, I do think, transformational experience for these people to have gone through, clearly. And, and I love that you brought, you know, the, the character-based assessment, physical health, like it's a holistic, is I think another way that comes to mind. It's very integrated. Um, yes. Let's go into character-based because that that's become a key part of everything you do. So I think this is a good point to start talking about your your current company. What's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did having it with David. I think there are a lot of great lessons there that we can apply right away in our work at companies. So if something resonated for you, I would love to hear it. I'd love for you to message me on LinkedIn. Tell me something that you took away, something that you tried. Tell me how it went. Feel free to send me an email or reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. And with that, I want to tease out the next episode of this series that we did with David. So this is the the part two that's coming out next week. In it, we talk about character-based development. Now, one of David's massive realizations from his work mentoring CEOs was that it all came down to developing character to becoming something. And he has started a company now called IntelliKey Academy that focuses on character-based development. And that is gonna be the theme of our entire next episode. So make sure you check that out. We will be back soon with another episode. Hello, hello, I hope you enjoyed that episode. It's Andrew again with a quick message. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do that is to leave us ratings and reviews where you listened. If you're on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe buttons and feel free to leave a comment. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to give us a rating and leave a review. Once again, we love hearing from our loyal listeners. If you're listening to this on Spotify, please hit the follow button to make sure that you don't miss new episodes as they come out. See you next week for another episode of the Learning Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening.